Uh, what's going on, everybody? It is the Live Life Aggressively podcast. Well, show, that is. Sincere Hogan got Mike Mall on the other side. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. We have a great guest guy I've known for a long time and yeah. just was reconnected with recently, so we're going to talk to him in a second. I'll tell you what, man. I was watching this, this short documentary on Vice on YouTube last night. I don't know how I came yeah. on the topic, but anyway, it's about a drug called scopolamine in, Q- in Colombia. This is the fucking scariest oh, yeah, yeah. drug ever yeah. heard of i'll give you guys the clip notes version and then you can go check it out on vice like a 30 minute little mini documentary but anyway this is a drug where if you actually blow it in someone's direction or it's on a piece of paper and you actually sniff it by accident what it does is it makes you extremely susceptible to the power of suggestion to say the least so for example <laughs> one guy talked about how he was in a strip club in Colombia, and these girls put it in this drink and then they they basically said, look, we're going to go to an ATM right now and max it out. Then we're going to go to another ATM. And he's just like, okay. And then he, they maxed out his credit cards. They did cash advances on his credit cards. The guy wakes up the next day. He has no recollection whatsoever of what happened. He wakes up beaten up. Like, how the hell did this happen? And then, he, and then he's like, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't withdraw all this cash. And then the bank had basically footage of him withdrawing cash at several different ATMs. So people are using this as basically a rape drug. They give it to to women and people rape them, and then they're using it to rob people. They just like, oh, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I'm looking for this place. And then you look at this piece of paper and you just sniff the drug by accident. All of a sudden, you're totally susceptible to the the whims of the person in front of you. So, I mean, you want to talk about this? It's crazy. So now, basically, basically, it seems like it's like now technology and everything is like taking all these kids who grew up reading comic books. And, sci- and watching sci-fi or now creating these things. This sounds like a scene right out of like an old Batman comic. You know, just blow the dust yeah. and you're sitting like, this, oh, this okay. This is a drug that exists in nature. This is not manufactured no, at all. It, it, it comes from a plant. So this actually exists in nature. You could you could be fucking hiking in the woods in uh, Columbia. And, <laughs> and next thing you know, that bear's going to be like, hey, let me eat you. I'm like, hey, bear, here. You want to look hungry. <laughs> well, they, they talked about traditional, traditionally when, let's say, a chieftain died, the tradition was all of his wives have to die too. So they would give them this drug and then just oh, yeah. say, okay, go march, go march into the grave. And they did and were buried alive. It's, it's a, some scary <laughs> shit, man. Honey, I've got some like, good news and some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is I'm going to die. The bad news is you won't be around to enjoy my insurance yeah. money because you're dying I'm, too. <laughs> I'm going to get that fortune some guy goes like, daddy It's like, hey, man, uh, Heard you were into gay porn recently. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, there's so many like horrible scenarios you can think of with this thing, man. It's just, it's just so scary, though, that you could actually be totally to the power of suggestion. It's almost hard to believe that it would actually work. But I'll tell you what, I'll take the again. <laughs> but then again, it's not that hard to believe because there are people, people that fall for the power of suggestion without drugs. I'm like, come on. First of all, just well, go to a strip club. Just, come on, let's go, to, let's go to the strip club without that drug. Like, basically, everything he went through, he, pretty much a lot of guys go through that, the spirit rhino anyway. It's just like you wake up the next morning like, wait a minute, I didn't want to go to the ATM. Like, yeah, come on, okay, that drug is called vagina. Okay, and that's what, and that's what that was. And then that's what made him go and spend all his money and, and use his credit card. And he looked at that credit card and be like, whoa, what, is a, what are all these charges? Yeah, somebody, that was that power suggestion when she was bumping and grabbing. Well, that, all that's, why, that's why at, at the Rhino, if you, if you use your credit card, they'll take a thumbprint. You know, they'll have you sign like five different yeah, papers. Exactly. They, want to, they want to make sure that because so many people, I'm sure, have tried to dispute the next day that they're like, no, 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 no. We've got your fingerprints. You know, we got their signature. 
I wouldn't be so surprised you can imagine the guy trying to, to get out of that, can't you? It's like, honey, that wasn't oh, yeah. me. Someone stole my card. I don't know what that <laughs> burrow's doing in the garage with that naked girl on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it, man. And they get you good because when if, when a stripper sister and puts her breast on your face, she's suffocating you. So there's no oxygen going to the brain. So that's the perfect time <laughs> to get well, them to do whatever you want because you're not thinking clearly. Sincere has a lot of experience with this, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I've studied this. On, I've watched those like, bites. What, what I heard, they put their hooters in your face, and they, you, know, <laughs> you know, so I heard it from a friend. You know, that's. Or, a friend told me. A good friend told me. Yeah, Sincere just goes for the buffet. <laughs> I'm sure for drinks. Taco buffet. The buffet. The buffet of poopers and butt cheeks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but anyway, it's I don't know about that. that, that well, if you think about what's in nature, you know, just, uh, you know, just mushrooms, you know, peyote. Right. I was and, thinking the same and, thing. I was thinking the same thing, mushrooms. And, I, you I know, there's so much in nature that, is uh, powerful, you know, it's, that's kind of one of the things that, you know, slowly is coming to the pharmaceutical companies right. as they, you know, gain massive control over all that crap anyway, but, you well, know, all, there's all so the much in nature. Products, yeah, they're all based on something in nature. It's like, for example, exactly. statins, there. Are actually found, statins are found organically in red yeast rice, right? And then, so basically, statins are basically a refined, purified, much more potent version of that. So pretty much every pharmaceutical drug has some kind of connection to something found in nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just any opi- opioid. I mean, you know, look at exactly. look at what we pulled out of nature, you know. But it is constantly amazing to me that we keep discovering these deeper things down in, you know, the Amazon and, you know, animals we've never seen before. And it, it just, we've become such a jaded, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a mammal that you think we just know it all, you know, and then all of a sudden, wow, you know, sniff this flower and, you know, you shit your pants and buy a car, you know. <laughs> Why do yeah, I own a new car? Man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some, some, some you know there's not, not armor all. So you yeah. know there's not armor all. Some of the women listening are going... Yeah, some women listening are going, I guess I've got scopolamine in my pheromones because you know, yeah, I, yeah. I got through five husbands. I got them everything they got. No, is that what it was called? Scopolamine? Crack. Yeah, it's called scopolamine. You can check out check out the, the, the bites, clip on Yeah, I like that channel. They've got yeah. some interesting yeah, stuff it, on it, there. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting channel. This is on YouTube. But I don't think it's I – mean, HBO has a Vice show too, but I don't think the clip would be found on there. Oh, okay. But anyway, right. folks, that, yeah. that's Ron Morris talking. I've actually known Ron since 2004 probably, right? You came through the RKC yep. course. 2004. Was I, was I teaching it, at the course when you came through or were you already – You were. Uh, you, uh, Nate, uh, Steve Maxwell, Steve Cotter, and Pavel. And that was the original okay. uh, you know, quartet or quartet of doom. It was awesome. Yeah. Real <laughs> life-changing, you know, to go from – being a power lifter, you know, kind of dark gangster figure to, you know, jumping into that end of the water was real eye-opener and uh, real game-changer for me in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, because you have a really interesting background. You have a powerlifting background. You have a professional wrestling background. You were in in bands. You've been a bouncer before. So you have a pretty interesting, varied background. It wasn't dull, you know. Uh, you, You know, what do they say? You know, it's it's 
life is life is for the living. I think that the Chinese have that, or the Japanese have that saying. You know, Asahi means life for the living. You know, and uh, I kind of you were a gigolo. You were a gigolo for a while. I mean, I was a really one crappy up. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was a gigolo. I had a walker. No one, no one would come near me. <laughs> Sir, are you okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, yeah, kind of just. Uh, just you know how life kind of just puts you in the middle of stuff, and I, I feel real fortunate with that. You know, I uh, I, right. uh, I connect with people who are originals, always have in my life, and you know it's funny, Mike. I was thinking today about you know how I met you guys and how it came about, and you know I met John Duquesne. I wanted to learn about this thing called Qigong, okay. Mm-hmm. And he was having this little course in the middle of nowhere somewhere downtown Minneapolis. And I went, and there was only three people there. And uh, he met me, and I, you know, learned a little bit about that thing. He goes, hey, I, I got something I think you might be interested in. You know, and I had no idea about his company or any of that, and uh, Dragon Store and Pavel. And so that's how I kind of got turned on to that. And he said, uh, why don't you go to this, you know, boot camp? And I thought, I'm down, you know, because I was coming from a background of, like we were talking before off air of, you know, you go out and experience something, you know, uh, you you have to go earn it. You want, if I want Mike Mahler's respect, I'm going to have to earn it. He's not just going to like me because I showed up. Um, he may like me, but that's not going to, you know, drive him to want to go, wow, you know, here you're certified and you're blank, you know, because you just showed up, you know. That's not how you got what you got. That's not how Sincere got what he got. And that's sure as hell not how I got what I got. And like we were talking before, um, you know, there needs to be a real, you know, a base of guys like us who are saying, hey, man, you can do whatever you want in your life as long as you're willing to do the work. Uh, Where we run into the hassle with people and, and students and clients is that, well, this is hard. Yeah, it's going to get harder. <laughs> you know, and everybody wants TV. They want that Ninja Warrior show. You know, well, I want to go do that. Good luck. You know, join the special forces. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's some hard stuff right there. Man. Yeah, it's 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 unrealistic, as you were saying earlier. It's like it's people are unrealistic in their goals and ideas of what something takes. You know, and to learn the things you've learned and I've learned, you know, I feel real grateful that I learned kettlebells from you and Nate and Steve because you got no quarter with you guys. There's right and wrong. It doesn't matter about personalities or hairstyle or should or shouldn't or what can it give me. It's like, no, dude, I'm putting a stamp on you. You better be about a whole lot. And you know, that's how I came up, especially with the powerlifting and the, and then turning into, you know, uh, uh, wrestling. Uh, I, I didn't take wrestling very far because the, the guys who brought me up were the road warriors. And they were kind of coming to their career where they had gotten really popular. And they were the first wrestlers to sign for, uh, I think, a million dollars. Never heard of before, right? Mm. And... um in fact, they even got the, the cover of Playboy in Japan. That's how big they were, right? Wow. Yeah. And they, they, uh, yeah, how sad is that, by the way? <laughs> no, forget <laughs> the naked girls. We want world warriors. 
Oh man. <laughs> I, mean, Guys, I always pan, man. I always but but it's Japan. Come on. <laughs> exactly. I always thought Playboy had great editorials when I was a teenager. They had great interviews, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to get those pages open. Magazines Boy, you, once this, you did. <laughs> this is one of those magazines where you can say, like, no, I read it for the articles, and somebody could actually believe you if they've ever read one. It's like, okay. Oh, <laughs> like, come on, they have some great interviews. Right? I mean, they've had anything from, like, Malcolm X. I mean, come on, man. They've, they've had some, like, really groundbreaking interviews in there. Fucking Wouldn't huge. Be. Huge. They had, you know, Hunter S. Thompson, Gay Talese. Is yep. major writers, you know, not that I could tell you when they were in there, but you know, I, that's what I read, and uh, uh, I, uh, I, I, I just think that, you know, this whole, you know, I'm so thrilled to reconnect with you, you Mike, and and find out you're still doing it for real, and 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 I'd like to think I'm doing it for real and putting it out there, and uh, somebody's got to hold the candle, you know, somebody still needs to hold the ground, and. Uh, I just think podcasts like this and and bringing people together, you know, that's the whole goal of what I'm trying to do right now. I'm working on a uh, a documentary. It's called The Balance, and it's about what's a balanced life. You know, I got to thinking one day. You know, we, you and I, and sincere, we run into people who want, you know, they want a happy relationship and they they want to be fit, right? And they they want to be happy. And, but nobody knows what that means to them. They they buy magazines that tell them, or or Oprah tells them, or you know Dr. Phil tells them. But they don't know how to access their own truth, you know. Right. And uh, it's it's all about. I'm talking to two men who are individuals, right? And you guys, as you, I'm sure you must know, as am I. This is a rare commodity. Someone will stand in their a room and be who they are regardless, right? And the value of that is that we're able to help other people see that you don't have to be with the group. You don't just need to mindlessly join the gym. Or my favorite new one is the boot camps. You know, this just cracks me up. You know, it's like, yeah, my girlfriend and I, we joined a boot camp. No shit. <laughs> Can I come? Yeah, I always, you know? I always used to laugh about them. Like, look, man, to my, to my real boot camp is what the men and women of our military go through. So my, this right here, this is a group exercise class. I said, because you went yeah, last five exactly. minutes on a real boot camp, you go crying for your mom five seconds after raising your hand and getting sworn in. And so they, first of all, they cut your little pretty little hair, and then you'd already have a fit. Okay, so there's just no well, way. Well, you know, I, I agree. Sincere, not only that, the first time a drill sergeant got in their grill and said, you suck, you're worthless piece of shit. And your mom, yeah, you and your mom's a that, whore. You know? And they were like, oh, my God, yeah. she's a whore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to <laughs> That's how I got here. <laughs> I'm a father of a whore. But, but even like, this oh. is like, you, you know, saying stuff like this is, is like what legitimizes what we're talking about is we paid those dues. We've had those guys in our faces to learn what we've learned, you know, and 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 to help people see that there's a real i think mike was talking about you know there's a real substantial dignity to earning a thing who cares if it's kettlebells or whatever who gives a shit right end of the day yeah. we all end up at the same place but yeah but to take you know real pride and and real dignity in what you're doing you know and that's like when i work with people with ms and and uh you know some people with other challenges, the first thing that goes is is they don't feel they have 
any dignity about them. You know, they feel very self-conscious, conscious, and they feel they feel inferior, and that makes me furious. I, I hate that, you know, and I would probably bet you guys are the same way. I'm the guy who goes next to the underdog. I, I believe in that guy, you know. I don't I don't need these pumped up bubbleheads who you know do what you looking at me. <laughs> if I do look at you, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Let it go, pal. You know, there's there's just, when you can help somebody who had no hope, you know, uh, man, is there a better feeling? Or to show somebody that they can accomplish something that maybe it's not world-shaking, but it matters to them, you know? Uh, well, but when you have you know, any kind of aberration, you tend to be your own worst enemy, right? Because when, oh, like, yeah. when my face... My face first got sunburned, you know, and I had this permanent scar on my face. I was third, I was like 27, and I, I was my own worst enemy because I would be extremely self-conscious about it, where right. you would see things that weren't there. You, you'd be walking around going, oh, everyone's staring at me, and you know, people are pointing. And sometimes people were, but not as many as you thought were, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so then, yeah. And then that would become a self-fulfilling prophecy, like, well, I don't want to go out as much. I don't want to date because I don't want to have to deal with rejection. I don't want her to see my face and be like, oh, I don't want – like if, if a girl wasn't interested in you, you immediately thought it was because of the way you looked, right? So you, you would go right there. Where, <laughs> right. That, may, that right. may be the reason, but it may be some other reason. Maybe because – you have no charisma whatsoever. You know, it could be something well, else. Maybe you're breathing like a different thing. Day. I mean, yeah, who knows? A million, <laughs> a million different things. But you tend to, but you're right. you're like, kind of, nah, dude, it's because you have no game. But it, it's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not so much what you're experiencing out there from others. It's more what you're, the messages you're sending yourself. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Well said. Yes. I mean, and, you know, it's such an easy turn of phraseology to say it, you know, and then, uh, you know, if part of the goal is to give people this experience of achieving something, that creates a confidence that's indelible, you know. Right. None right. of us are perfect, you know. I don't know Sincere. Sincere may be perfect. I don't know. <laughs> he sounds perfect. <laughs> I'm just pretty but fucking that, amazing. That's all. <laughs> now yeah, none, of us, none of us are very, you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, more handsome or, you know, more whatever, right? But when you feel comfortable about your life and what you've done and who you are uh, and, and that you've earned what you've got, getting back to that, beat, beat that dead horse, but it's really important is that it's all you have in the end, you know. Um, you know, very few people... Well, there's a, there's a genuine confidence that comes with that and that genuine confidence makes you very attractive, not just to the opposite sex, but makes you attractive in terms of attracting customers for your business or oh, yeah. attracting attention oh, yeah, to your, Mike. You know, whatever it is. So I, I like what you're saying because one thing I've always liked about mastering, not even mastering, but just getting really good at physical training is that you can carry over that confidence to anything else you want to achieve. Yeah. Not too many people do. That's the problem. They they make fitness the trap where they feel really comfortable in the gym. They feel really comfortable when training. And then the trap they fall into is they just want to train all the time. Now they have five different gym memberships. They're working out three times a day, six, seven days a week. It's like, no, 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 no. Just you know, take that, what you learn there and now go do other things with it. God, that's so dead on, Mike. I mean, uh, that's why I, um, and I think you guys are probably would agree with this, is that I try to go into areas that interest me that like this film thing uh, about a year ago, I just, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties going back to school, right? Like 
I never really went to school. I started working at 14. So I thought, wow, that was a scary component to me, right? And then I, I actually thought back to what we're talking about. Look, man, I, I went into a group of badasses like you, and I survived, and I dealt with it. And, you know, if you can handle extreme situations and come out the other side, uh, it does translate. I thought, look, right. I can go do this. You know, I can't spell worth a shit, right? You know, and I can't, you know, <laughs> and I can't, I'm not very good with computers. And, and this is everything that these kids are nowadays. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, they barely interact with human beings. I went, long story short, it turned out great. It was awesome. Small class. The teacher liked me because I was, you know, her age and, and, uh, it just worked out really well. It was a rewarding experience to just take the risk, you know, take the risk right. and, 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 and learn something new. And that's what you want to give to your students and clients is like, first of all, I'm a real guy. You're safe. Second of all, what do you want? And that's my second question with anybody I deal with is I don't care what I want. You know, what do you, what do you want? You know, yeah. I mean, six pack doesn't mean shit. You know, if you want that, stop eating. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you have to tell someone what their goal should be, how serious are they really taking it? How committed yeah. are they going to be? If they come if to you and motivate them, then that's yeah. But you really want to achieve, then that's very self motivating, and then you just the the rest of the motivation on your end is just giving them the tools they need to hit that goal. And the challenge too. That's the fun part of it. You know, like I, I you know. I deal with a, a, a real myriad of people, you know, firefighters, uh, you know, um, swimmers, lacrosse teams, uh, Parkinson's, MS. You know, I mean, like I have a, a, a real arc of, you know, people that I deal with. And that for me is what gets me out of bed is like, now I put myself on the line every day to be that good to, to you know, help them find what they need, you know. And so consequently you know, you don't get comfortable. You don't just stay in the gym. You know what I mean? You don't just, uh, you know, hang out with the RKC guys, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's such a one-trick pony. And if, if I teach anybody anything, it's that whatever you're interested in, do it. But if you're going to do it, do it for real. You know, don't worry about pass or fail. Just go fucking do it, you know, whether it's writing a book or, or, you know, doing a documentary or, or what? Who cares if I ever make this thing? I'm out trying, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting, you know, so much positive stuff out of it. Life's not always about the, you know, Sincere was talking about how these people want to become pop stars, you know, like that's not what life's about. Nothing magical happens then, you know? My favorite thing is I, I've been taking pictures of just, magazine headlines every fucking magazine headline is <laughs> lose 10 pounds better sex tonight get the six pack 39 inch well, arm yeah. right you know where well, everything's everything's yeah. a list and a number too that's the magic formula for marketing with a magazine like the top six this is a, or six easy steps to getting a great yes. orgasm and blah blah i'm like yes. six steps. <laughs> like why I'm, I'm like no woman wants yeah. to be around that long she wants you to get right to the point dude she gets what? they don't want to sit there and go through all that it's just like come on man you can't get it with one step <laughs> i just like, want to see yeah the 12 best orgasms of your life i'm like wait a minute just 12? <laughs> yeah, what? for both of us? Wait a 
wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, are we dividing this up? Are we splitting it 50-50? She gets yeah. sick, I get sick. I mean, or if my income is more, do I get a few more than she does? I get eight, she gets four. How does that work, man? Come on. Well, you, <laughs> so there you stupid. go, though. I mean, is that, is that's how ludicrous it is because, you know, God forbid someone should put the effort into talking to their partner and saying, what do you like? Exactly. Hey, no, cool? that's too easy. Come on, Rock. come on, man. That's too easy. Yeah, no, no. I know people don't like you. And they won't, they don't like and they won't be truthful because then, you know, come on, man. And half the time they don't know what they like. So, <laughs> well, there you go. You know, that's so that we'll find right out. Keep trying until you. What I was it. saying, that's yeah, right, man. You know, it's like, you know, do you like this? I don't know. And it goes for anything. You know, sex is a great indicator of how a relationship's going anyway. You know, if, yeah, pretty, if you can communicate there, you know, you're probably communicating pretty well. And if, you know, if you're looking for another piece of ass, things are going south quickly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Mike comes in and nails it. Yes. You know, Bam. You know it's going south when you're going south. <laughs> yeah, right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't know about that tirade. I was just getting off on that. It's just like, you know, uh, it, it it is this ongoing kind of tiring and exhausting trek of what we do, you know. Uh, it's well, people, it's an ocean of, of the stupid out there. People ask a lot of wrong questions too, though. So, for example, someone wants to get strong. They want to be more powerful. The, the first wrong question is how long is it going to take? Who the fuck cares how long it's going <laughs> yeah. to take? It's going to take, yeah. it's going to take a lot longer than you would like, all right? That's how long it's going to take. It's not going to take right. 12 weeks. It's not going to take a year. It's not even going to take three years. It's going to take several years, maybe even longer, depending, because you have to go through a process of figuring out what works for you. That's not going to be as simple as the first program you get on is start to finish, going to take you to where you want to be. But that what, there's no, there isn't anything wrong with that, is my next point, is that that process is an interesting one. You're going to learn a lot through that process. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And that is part of the reason for doing it, no? You know, it's, it's to create that process and, and to extract from it, yes? Yeah. Like how long is it going to take to write a book? But it, it, it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. or, or it's like... It's uh, happening a month. Sure. Yeah, it's like, or, you know, like uh, like, uh, it's like art class or, you know, music class. Like, you know, I want to write songs. Well, that's, you know, it's like, you hit it perfect. You need some, a guy especially. Yeah, I want to get really strong and, and, you know, and buff, you know. And my question to them is, why? Yeah. You know, I'm just Wimp, curious. Chick, chick, because, chick. Well, probably, you know, if I get the right answer. <laughs> That's what it is. And I'm sure if they're going to be like honest about it, it's like, I want to impress this girl. That's what it really comes down to. They're going to give up real fast because women aren't impressed by how strong you are. They could care, they care less. less. <laughs> I've never had any woman come up to me after I deadlifted 550 and say, wow, that was impressive. You know, what, what are you I've never lifted something heavy in public ever in my life and been a magnet for women because of that. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. I know, but, you know, <laughs> the, the magazines tell you different, you know. The exactly. Media, they they, they tell you different, you know. If, if, well, look, uh, man, here's the deal. Stop trying to get advice from dead trees, okay? That's all it is. Yeah, so, yeah. So right? the, quote me on that. Somebody quit letting a piece of paper t- give you advice, first of all, because <laughs> it doesn't even yeah. know your life. 
it's 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 well, it's kind of like a, a, podcast has, uh, a podcast that has a guest how to be a man it's like well if you have to listen to a podcast to learn that yeah <laughs> you know, you've got some problems well, well, well that's i mean that'd be because i mean no go ahead well, well no i was just going to say you're just talking about that you know how to be a man right it's like that book that was out, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And that just makes me want to use a pig hammer on the author. You know, it's like, do you remember No Country for Old Men and, and the pig hammer that he killed people with? Yeah. You know, this is my solution for politics, by the way. Just just yeah. an aside. I, I can solve politic problems. Just give me that pig hammer. I'll go to Washington. We just start over. <laughs> you know. That, that book, um, that book didn't, even, didn't even work for the dipshit author. A guy's been through... I think more no. than one divorce. <laughs> exactly. What's funny is I, I saw him talking about I saw him with a clip on YouTube talking about estrogen dominance. And I was like, buddy, I can't <laughs> think of anyone that is more of the embodiment of estrogen dominance than you. And you're talking yeah. about how to address it. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's this is but this is it's just a flood of ocean of stupidity out there. People are just they they forgo experience if they can read a book about it or have a or go to a workshop and get their certificate, you know. And now they're oh well yeah I know all about it you know. They're overweight, they're miserable, they're divorced, you know. They're whiny, they're bitchy, and they blame everybody but themselves. Uh, but things are going good. I'm certified, you know. And that's America. That, that's the other dumb know? one is is how much weight people put on the importance of certifications. Where oh, trainers God. trainers will have twenty acronyms after their name. You really think that a potential customer understands any of that crap? They see all those freaking letters. I'm like, first of all, use some vowels. Come on, make a word out of all this. What is all this? <laughs> yeah, all this right? speaking? What are all these hieroglyphics behind your name, man? It's like, you know, MS, BBSB. I'm like, come on, man. It all sounds like BS to me. Okay, come on. No well, one cares. Can... It's like, basically, the client wants to know, I've got this issue. Can you help me fix it? Somebody, like, can you help me get to this goal? That's all they care about. And you can, you know what that's, that's called? It. A complete, that's called a complete sentence. Not any of that crap behind your name with all those freaking letters and you know, all just straight up consonants and no vowels, man. Come on. No well, I mean, you want to develop a level of expertise where it's not, it's not about what I can do for the client. It's why should I take the time to work with that client? You know, I, I don't train people anymore, but this is what I would flip on people. It's like, I'm not going to try to convince you why you should work with me. I know why you should exactly. work with me. Exactly. Why oh, should I take so the time to work with you? Because if you're paying this, I'm not interested. If you're not if you're not really serious about achieving your goals, I'm not interested. Forget about whether you're interested in working with me or not. Why should I be interested? <laughs> Mike, that is like the golden statement of the whole podcast because that is that is it. People think that you're a commodity. I absolutely uh the the private people I work with now have been with me forever, but I'm like you, I I'm working to just do groups and I, I, I don't, it's too much fucking work, man. It's exhausting. But anybody who ever would come close to treating me like, you know, a, a thing or an employee, I would immediately squash them and they were gone out of my existence because it's, it's, it's so much more than that. And that quantification, that quantification of, hey, you know, I'm not this, em- I'm not a fucking thing you buy. You know, you can't, you're right. not going to buy this. And I think that's another really important factor of, well, you know, God, I, you know, gave this guy $5,000 and I'm not blank. Well, you know, you can't buy this shit. And that's why nobody looks that good. You know, it's like there's a small group of us out here doing it for real. It's day to day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. There's a consciousness. 
And people hate that. They don't want to think. You know, that's why they settle for shitty magazines, crappy, you know, relationships, really shitty movies, you know, uh, uh, you know, and they just daydream. They stare at their phones and hope for the best, you know. Well, that's why, that's why religion is so prolific because it just tells you yeah. how to think so you don't have to think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. Well, man. So here's, here's what I believe. Why? Why do you believe that? Because your parents believed it and their parents believed it and someone told you to believe this? Because I feel it in my heart, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's gas, man. Come on, burp and get that over with. Come on. <laughs> it was the Thai food you just had for lunch, dude. It's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. dude, step back. <laughs> well, I mean, even even a lot, of, even a lot. We 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 went through that in the RKC where people would be. Whatever Pavel said you should do, that's what people would just regurgitate. They're like, well, Pavel said you should oh, never yes, do more yes, than five yes. reps. Don't do <laughs> When it comes to grinding exercise, don't do more than five reps. Otherwise, it's not strength training. It's like, okay, that's what he says, but why the fuck are you saying it? Okay. Yeah, well, so again, and, 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 then, and then people would have my goal is to proliferate the teachings of Pavel. It's like, well, why do we need you? We we have him. I'll just go to yeah. him if I want to learn his stuff. Why am I coming to yeah. you to fucking learn this shit? You should exactly have your own it. personal touch on it. Well, or, yeah, what do you bring into the fucking party, you know? Um, right. Hey, I started right. here, and now I've developed this. Great. Now I'm interested. Right. Let's talk, you know? Um, right. You, you know, also, I think there's a real proclivity of people trying to make too much out of something that doesn't need a lot. Like, right. Uh, right. I'll get people who want to just be in shape. I've got a couple of folks that physically, you know, aren't going to be much more. And they don't want much more, but that's fine, right? So I will spend yeah. a lot of time teaching them how to do a push-up, a real one, and and all the different variations and how much that can affect their day-to-day life, right? If I do that right, now all of a sudden maybe they get interested in other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, whoa, I'm going to go to this aggressive store. Wow, I want to learn how to deadlift. Awesome. You know what I mean? But it's nobody starts with the ABCs again. It's like we were talking off air um, about you know people people being taught that you have to fucking earn something. You know they don't even have a, a physical education classes anymore. Old school physical education. I remember when I was in you know sixth or seventh grade. Before I went on the road, I went on the road by the time I was fourteen, so I was like ninth grade or something, but. In seventh grade, you would go to a physical education class. You would run a mile, right? It didn't mm-hmm. matter if you were fat or skinny. You ran a mile, and then you did your jumping jacks and blah, 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 blah. This would be considered abuse nowadays, you know. Well, you know, their culture doesn't run a mile, you know. <laughs> You know what they do now in physical education? Like, my daughter's in middle school. She told me, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, we wanted to walk, but the teacher told us that we had to just sit. So we just sat down. And, you know, everybody just talked. I'm like, don't you do that already what? in class? I know, I know. I used to do that in class. That's why I would always get in trouble. We sat down and we talked. I said, but yeah, no, that it's, was like, a, it's called physical education, got... not talking education. It's just like she goes, wow. you know, she would get pissed off because she coming from a family, you know, has a father that's actually in the physical fitness business. You know, so right. she's like, it didn't make sense to her. She's like, okay, we're just sitting here. Wow. And just, just to make any sense. So that's pretty much what they would do all the time. I say, yeah, and you wonder why these test grades are the way they are because there's no, there's no, there's no exercise. There's nothing stimulating your brain and getting you energized. You're sitting there, pretty much going to work every day. You're sitting there for eight to nine hours, and you're sitting at a desk, 
and all you're doing is just going over the same stuff, mundane stuff, over and over and over again, and you're being you're being pressed to just regurgitate and remember. That's all you're doing. Not actually get involved and truly take it all in because they don't have time for that. The majority of the majority of classes. There are some. There's still some good teachers out there. Just like there's some good trainers well, and coaches still in the yeah, fitness industry. Yeah. But then there's some just like I need to fill this seat with a body. So the school can get money for that ass in that seat, and then need that ass to move so another ass can get in that seat because now it's become too much of a business. The school is too busy trying to make money, and the thing is, where's that money going to? Athletic programs, really? We do we really need to spend that millions of dollars on the athletic program, whereas you've got textbooks that are so outdated, and now you remove classes that actually matter. And again, there's no PE programs, there's no art programs. These are things that stimulate their brains to help them create and learn. You know, but no, we, got, we just got to do science and math all the time. And all these te- standardized tests, standardized tests, I'm like, the, the first crappy word in that is standardized. That right yep. there is the red flag. So basically, let's go ahead and create these robots from an early age because when they get in the workforce, we need them to do the same thing. Sit at a desk all day long, do what they're told, remember what I told you, spit it back to me in a meeting just to show me that you were paying attention, and then repeat for the next 40 years until you're ready to retire. You know, and that's what it that's Do you think right sincere – do you think that – because I kind of feel like this. Do you think that it's, it kind of creates a – non-culpability for anybody having to be responsible for anything that out the outcome of an education. You know what I mean? Well, it's like I mean, it's, it's creating a culture down. where, yeah, there's a lot of dumbing down where it's not even necessary. First of all, you, these kids are brilliant. You don't need to dumb it down for them. They're brilliant. They have all the technology. They have access to things that we never had access to. And right. the thing is, but you're, but you're getting in the way of that, even though you try to claim like, no, we're all pushing technology on them, blah, 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 blah. So, the thing is also, in a lot of cases, they're trying to create a culture where I don't need you to be innovative. I don't want you to think. I don't want you to come up with things. I want you to be creative when I tell you it's time to be creative. I don't necessarily want you trying to just go out and be rebellious and think on your own and question me, first of all, because I'm the teacher and, you know, you don't question me or I'm the, I'm the authority. So what they're doing is creating what we see a lot of what's happening in society now as far as adults, people that – are not asking the right questions. They're just accepting things that, you know, that's being told to them. And then when those things happen and they realize, no, I didn't want that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You said you did. You voted for me or you, you, you bought this product. You keep buying this, this raggedy, stupid song and you keep playing it over and over and over again and you don't turn it off. Like you, you must want it. And then like, oh, I become this creature of habit. Maybe I did want it. And that's it, a lot of that in the, it starts at school. So it's, it's really, I feel like, Parents need to step in. And here's the thing. Your kids are with these people for eight to nine hours a day. Okay, that still leaves a lot of the day, you know, still up to you to step in as a parent and give them the other side of things. It's like, okay, there's going to be a lot of indoctrination going on in school for the most part. And then, like I said, there's going to be some good teachers out there that actually push for innovation and want these kids to be creative. But then the majority of them just want to go with the stat quo or they, they're not in a position to to try to push those kids to be creative because they work in an environment where all their coworkers and their bosses are going with a stack crow. As soon as the teacher starts trying to innovate and really push the kids to be creative, all the other teachers get pissed off, and they, then all of a sudden you're the problem teacher, you know, because you're making them look bad. That's what ends yeah. up happening. You know, when all the yeah. kids want to be in Miss So-and-So's class and they hate the other Miss So-and-So or Mr. So-and-so, then all of a sudden they think that, you know, Miss So-and-so, everybody that's real popular is the problem. And they start coming up with ways of trying to take her down and make her look bad. Well, maybe she's being inappropriate with the students and blah, blah, blah. blah. No, no, you're inappropriate for the fact that you suck. 
Okay, that you don't care about your students. You don't even care to know your students. They're just a name and a number, and you suck ass. Somebody, that kid does not have ADD or learning disabilities. Have you ever stopped and thought that you have a teaching disability? You know, that they really think about those type of things, you know, but well, nobody wants to accept the responsibility. Maybe the problem is them, you know, not the kids, you know, and the kids end up suffering yeah. for it. And then they well, grow yeah, up and become adults, and then we all suffer for it because, you know, that child well, we never had a chance to change. Well, yeah, and, so. and we end up paying for it, you know, in a lot of different yeah. ways. <laughs> But that pharmaceutical philosophy, you know, that's the dangerous shit. I mean, there's they're putting kids seven, eight, nine, ten years old on Zoloft. What the yeah, fuck? Or, or you know, or yeah. Xanax, and it's like, yeah. oh man, like uh, now I'm not a conspiracy guy, but you sure got to wonder, you know, if you start medicating and like you're saying, sincere, you know, Future here's customer, the party man. line. Here's the party line, you know. Learn this, learn this. You're fine. Just sit down. You don't need to be exercising. Oh, you know, are you you're having a nervous day? Here, take this. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we used to play on playgrounds that were tar. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. The, the neighborhood playground was tar. <laughs> you know, or you know, now I see kids riding bicycles with safety elbow pads. Helmets, well, they, I mean, they're putting full gear on. They're just to ride yeah. around the block. They're riding around like they're getting ready to compete in a BMX con, you know, competition. Fuck yeah, they you know, like those guys, those guys channel. have less gear on. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. where are you going? <laughs> so like, yeah. First of all, all your gear costs more than the bike itself. I'm like, God, fucking yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm getting ready to uh, uh, to come that way. Uh, I'm going to go out to Santa Fe uh, and do some bike riding. I uh, I got a, um, a single speed. Uh, trail bike and uh if you've never ridden a single speed trail bike i urge you to experience this <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome it is really uh uh it's it's just brutal one gear it's my speed <laughs> you know it's like uh <laughs> i can handle that you know, but it's also like a really high you know the the way they make them now it's just such a trip to be outside and, and biking like that and and uh uh, you know, I've never been down to that part of the country, so I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to getting down. Sound, that sounds like a, yeah, sounds Santa like Fe a is really beautiful, and it's going to be even more fun with that elevation. So that nice thin air is going to just make it even more fun. So yeah, <laughs> we're well, all about that. I used to take people to <laughs> Harney's Peak. Uh, I take small groups. You know, we just ram jam up to Harney's Peak in the Black Hills, which is about not quite eight thousand feet above sea level, and and uh, you forget when you're in shape. Just I, it, it just never dawned on me. The first group I took up there, I didn't think about the air, you know. And, yeah. and fuck, <laughs> why is that guy turning blue? <laughs> now, even even if you are in shape, if you're not used to that, that can be really daunting. yeah, exactly. It, it'll Boy. surprise you because you, you're, you're walking casually, but your heart rate is going up. You're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, with my heart yeah, rate? yeah. And it's just like, well, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, take it from a kid that grew up with asthma. It's like, yeah, basically. Now you know what people with asthma feel like when your chest yeah, is compressed man. like that and your heart rate is up and you feel like you're dying, but you're still like very much alive. And it's very surreal <laughs> when it's happening to you like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you guys live by, uh, well, Mike, you must live close to the mountains then, right? Well, everything is close to everything in Las Vegas. It's basically okay. a small town. And so Red Rock is about 20, 30 minutes away. Mount Charleston is about an hour away. Mount Charleston is really nice, much more remote. But everything is everything is basically close by. It's one of the appeals nice. of this area too. So, like you said, you yeah. could be on the strip in the morning, and then you could be in the middle of nowhere in the mountains an hour later. Oh, that's nice. 
That, that is nice, you know, get that isolation, especially from maybe a, a frenetic place like Vegas, huh? I mean, where we live is in the suburbs. So in some, when people think of Las Vegas, they think you live on the Strip. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. That's that, that's a good misdirect because most people don't think of Las right. Vegas as a place to live, but it's, it's actually a you great don't. place to live. That you wouldn't right. think, you think that like a, because it's so associated with the Strip. Yeah. Well, what is it? What, what's the weather there uh, right now? It's really nice. It's blue skies, probably maybe mid fifties, high fifties right now. Uh, must be uh, nice. Suffering it's like 80 here. <laughs> Somebody, it's 80 here right now. It's like we're wearing shorts. I'm like, come on, dude. This is November 29th, and I'm wearing Where are you shorts. At? Like, what the hell? I'm in Houston. So oh, you're in Houston. Okay. Yeah, the, you know, basically the last the last hair of the devil's butthole, pretty much, man. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just oh, like, come oh. on. It's like it's, It was like a hot Thanksgiving. I was just like, come on, man. And then when these idiots say that global warming doesn't exist, I'm like, have you ever been in Houston in the winter? <laughs> so I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure that you know, we can go ahead and say, um, you're incorrect, buddy. So it's always funny uh, to hear people yeah. say, like, oh, it's a scam. I'm like, you don't live in Houston. You haven't been here in June, okay, or July. Well, there again, it's I'm, just people... Well, I mean, the same the same people who think it's a scam believe that Noah created an ark, <laughs> you know, put well, yeah, two right. of every being so, in existence. So, so you're Not telling me purple. this drunk dude woke up from a a, a binger the <laughs> night before and then hear the dream? Some dude told him like, "Hey, go around the world, pick up two animals of every kind, and put them on this big boat and build the boat." Like I'm like that's some damn good vodka that dude was drinking, man. Come oh, on. Oh fuck, it wasn't it wasn't that. It was definitely <laughs> definitely hallucinogens, right? You know, it was, uh, it was, it was a mushroom. Was, man. It was scopolamine. It was scopolamine. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the first usage of it. That's how we. That's how we got all those animals to come on the ark. He, he, he made sure they sniffed scopolamine before they came on. Like I don't want you animals to kill each other on there. I want two of you to come on. No one's going to kill each other. Right? That's right. Nice and peaceful. Works. It fits right in the Bible. See, we can make that work. <laughs> It's just been a red flag. But, oh, and by the way, I'm going to drown everyone except you, your children, your sons, and their wives. So basically, it's going to be the eight of you guys, and you're going to have to start creation all over again. Like, wait a minute. We're related. Oh, my God. Hey, what look, a- man, don't question me. Capola me. Here, take another sniff. You're asking yeah. me questions. <laughs> no, first one's free. <laughs> exactly. First one's That's free. all he Come needed here, with that first one. All right. Here. Have you met, my, have you met me. my, my sister? Come here. <laughs> hey, him. <laughs> oh, you know you're important to us. Come on over here, brother. It'll be all right. Yeah. Boy, that was the classic thing. You know, first one's free. Hey, man, how you doing? The fucker would disappear. <laughs> but he left us his car. <laughs> Yay! Oh, God. Oh. So, Ron, you, yeah, I go, remember, go. Ron, when you, were, when you were doing your kettlebell classes back then in around 2003, 2004, 2005, I remember you would have 50 people per class, and you would have a ton of women in there. Not only a lot of women, but really strong women. They're swinging around 53-pound kettlebells, 70-pound kettlebells. Well, what do you think it, it was about your message that attracted so many women? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it was because I've had them all, a lot of them come back and tell me uh, over the years. It's that I got a bunch of women, uh, and what, what I really didn't like was, you know, a lot of women weren't really involved with kettlebells in the beginning, if you remember. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, it wasn't real popular, and, and uh, I don't know, I, I just uh, – I got five or six gals in a room, taught them kettlebells, and they ate it up. Teaching women to do something as opposed to men is easier because women forego the ego when it comes to, like, 
I don't know if it's that way now, but back, you know, 10 years ago, weightlifting that stuff was male dominated and blah, blah, blah. And, and there was always ego. Like any guy I ever got into my school, you know, we, we'd break them down, you know, like, I don't care how fucking big your biceps are. I'm going to grind you into the dirt. going to take me about a minute and then we'll get out of class. And I wanted the girls to be able to do that. So I basically said, look, I believe in you. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And, you know, remember they had like the little 8-pounder or 8K and 12K? Those were forbidden in my school. I said, any girl (laughs) caught fucking with those, I'll kick out, right? So now they bonded. I got them to bond. And it was basically, you got to, we all got to stick together because we got to survive Ron for this next two hours. And that's what it became. It became a, they knew I cared about them, they knew I loved them, and they knew I believed in them. And I said, we are going to work till you can do this stuff. And, you know, I had a 110-pound girl swing a 110-pound kettlebell. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd do that just to piss off bodybuilders that would come in and watch, you know. I, <laughs> I, I, I just said, you know, what better way to humiliate, you know, one of these insecure bodybuilders than to have a couple of girls. I used to call them the reservoir dogs. I had seven women. And they just were normal-looking gals, but they were just, I turned them into just demons, man, right? You know, they could snatch 24s, you know? That's just badass when you're a girl and, you know, tiny arms and it's like awesome. And so these big boneheads would come in there and go, uh, whatever. And I'd say, you know, I'd call out the reservoir dogs in front of class. I'd call out 10 or 12 things. They'd just do it like fucking, you know, ninja warriors. I'd send them back in the corner and I'd pull out the guy and, and that was pretty much it. We'd never see him again. And the ones that stayed, they should they should have stayed, you know, because, like, they go, oh, yeah, this is great. I want that. But they stuck with me because I believed in them, Mike. And and, and that's, that's the biggest success I have with anybody, like, uh, with my Parkinson's guys. Um, you know, just having someone in their corner to say, look, this is a bad deal, but this thing can make it better. You know, we're going to learn you know, some Qigong and some Tai Chi, and it's going to make it better. It's going to help you. And I explain why. And how, I, how, how, does it make, how does it make it better? A, my father actually has been diagnosed with early stages of Parkinson's, so I'm curious. Well, you know, uh, Chinese, and I'm studying it right now, I study deep Shaolin, Qigong, Zen, and Kung Fu. Uh, and I study with a, a, a real traditional Sifu, and they don't have T-shirts and they don't have belts. And, you know, like, this is the real deal. And uh, they start from the inside out, Mike. You know, uh, Western medicine starts from the outside, works in. Hell, you start from the inside out. You know, one of the coolest things I like about what you're doing with your product is that it's well thought out of. It's natural products, and it's from the inside out. Hormones, you know, they're working from right. the inside out right? Instead of Western medicine goes, well, I want to get, you know, big and strong and well, here, bend over and jam a bunch of this in your ass and it'll mask all this other shit and, you know, it'll puff you up and there. All better. Yeah, it's, it's, literally, it's literally starting from the outside and then it ruins the inside because you're, you're exactly. taking a testosterone shot and now you're shutting down your own production, whatever's left of it. Now, I'm not saying that TRT is, should never be used. There are definitely cases, and at, at a certain age, it's a viable option. But 
The problem I see is that people jump to it too soon, especially younger guys. The guy's 28. Oh, very much he's so. Diagnosed with low testosterone. It's like, well, let's get you on TRT. It's like, don't you think yeah, right there's away. probably a deeper reason, you know, why this guy's levels are low at such a young age? It's like, why don't we evaluate that first? It could be, it could well, be a myriad of things. Earning this stuff, you know, like we were talking before, you know, this, what we do and have accomplished, this takes work. But I wanted to make a point about for your dad, you know. So Qigong is based in, you know, uh, Tuena. There was Tuena and then, you know, the needles, acupuncture, right? Mm-hmm. Tuena is what I do with people. It's acupoints, but it's also opening up the energy acupoints in the body. And then through Qigong exercise, usually very simple movements, and then standing meditation, you start opening up your own internal energy, okay? I know this sounds like crap, but I've done too many wonderful things with it. it it's so legit, you know, Mike. It's so – but you have to find the real deal, you know? Right, And right. Um, something maybe you and I can talk about, I certainly – whatever I can do to help your dad, my pleasure. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. But the, but the most important thing is, is to first acknowledge, wait. Okay, this isn't a dead end. And that's that's what I've always done for everybody I've worked with is you know, wait, you're not don't give up. You know, you're here, so we're not gonna give up. You know. And if you can get somebody to, to get their fight back, you know, I think about Sincere's, you know, daughter in school. You know, school takes the fight out of these kids. You know, it takes uh it takes that Man, you guys can go achieve whatever the fuck you want. They don't right. do that anymore. What they tell that's them right. is, be careful. <laughs> you know, that's so careful. That's right. right. Call, call it on everything. Like, they question everything. Yes, like, um, you know, uh, well, why would you want to do that? Everything's always a question. That, like, well, why would you think that? Well, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, you're not me. You know, we're talking <laughs> these kids. A lot of these kids feel like they can't say that because you got to respect your adults. Sure they well, they respect you too. And I'll teach my yeah. kids, like, no, they have to respect you first. You know, that's my thing. So, and there's a way of being, to my, of stating what you need to state and still be respectful about it. To my even going to an adult, you know. So I said, right now, look here. Well, now she's a senior in high school, but when she was in eighth grade, I was like, look, you can't tell them to fuck off. You just can't do that right now. No, you know, I don't feel like dealing with that. You know, I said, but guess, yeah. but I said, but you know, by the time you turn eighteen, then you can tell them to fuck off because you're living your life. You know, you're a grown up now and you take care of your own right. stuff. You know, but but right now you can respect it. Like, look. You know, look, this is pretty much what I think, and I'm sorry when I'm not sorry, but this is what my father has always encouraged me to think, and I'm not changing that. And any issues you have with that, then you can kindly call him up. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they finally talk, and then they see me like, you have, your daughter's so brilliant. You know, she, she, she's, a, she's so independent, and she's such an, I'm like, oh, don't kiss my ass. I know she's a problem for you. <laughs> just go ahead and just yeah. tell her like, oh, she's well, a problem, any, because I was a problem. I think, I think there is, I think there is a, I think there is a time to tell teachers to fuck off in high school, and I'll give you guys an example. When no, I was that, a sophomore in high school. school. High school is a different story. No, but I was a sophomore in high school. I'm not saying you should just do it on a whim, but I'll just give you a funny <laughs> example. But, hey, but, but I want me. No, no, because it was it was actually a real pivotal point in my life on standing up to authority, not letting people push me down. I was a sophomore in high school, and there was a there was a horrific biology teacher that everyone was intimidated of, including the staff, administrators, you name it. And she looked like Katie Bates on steroids, right? Just a horrific looking woman, like the ugliest ugliest woman you could ever imagine. Oh, Kathy Bates, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Katie, yeah, Kathy Bates. This big fat, walking around with a cane, you know, just uh, had this horrific voice. 
and everyone was intimidated of her. So one time we uh, we had to go to some kind of something at the auditorium where we had to leave class for a little bit, and then we had to be back at a certain time. And if you're late, you get in trouble. So anyway, my locker was jammed. You know, so a friend of mine and I had to go get one of the administrators to open it. So I asked him, I'm like, look, can you walk us to the class and tell her name is Kestemeyer, Miss Kestemeyer, that the reason why I'm late is because the locker was jammed. I was like, otherwise she's not going to believe me. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And he sold me out because this guy didn't like me, the administrator. So he told her that I was late because I was smoking a cigarette somewhere, right? <laughs> so so she went off on me, like in front of the class. She's like, this is unacceptable. You're going to have to stay after late. And I was like, well, look, let me explain myself. And she cut me off. And I was like, no. I was like, you're going to listen to me. I was like, you shut up. And I said that just yeah, like right. that. And her, her head looked like it was about to explode because she was – she was so irate. She's never had anyone talk to her like that ever, especially not a student. So she had she had no she had nothing no blueprint on how to respond to that. She really looked like she was about to combust. And a, a good friend of mine, who I'm still friends with now, you know, he, he started laughing. He's like, "You're gonna get us killed, man! Shut up!" You know. But but I was, she's like, "You don't." Tell, I was like, "No, you're gonna listen to me." I was like, "I told you I need to explain this situation." So I was like, "Don't cut me off." And she she had no clue what to do. Anyway, long story short, I got into trouble for that, but I still held my head high. I barely passed the class. You know, I got a D in the class because not based on <laughs> yeah. merit because she, yeah. she didn't like me. But I, I, I grew I grew what no one else in that class had, which was a fucking backbone. And I was like, look, if you can be ballsy when you're a teenager and a tell authority to fuck off, you're setting you're setting yourself up to be a successful adult because most people are pussies then and they grow up to be pussies and then it's just you know, they well, keep their there's kids. a real truth to that, Mike. I agree, but you know, you're also a rare figure in that you actually had a, a reason to have that backbone. There actually was. A lot of times there aren't, you know, kids just lash out to be mean or whatever, but, you oh, know, yeah, I I'm agree. Not, Dif- yeah, different I'm, I'm times are different you. space, you know. Oh, I know that. It's like, and who cares if you are? It's your show. Do whatever you want. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's old school stuff. You know, I got a perfect one for you. So all through high school, in order for me to live at home, I had to maintain the semblance that I was still in, in high school, Right while I'm playing five nights a week and all traveling all over. And, you know, they really couldn't uh, hassle me much. I was making probably as much as my dad at the time. You know, I was making a lot of money and, you know, I'm 15 or 16 or whatever. So here's how I got through the rest of high school. The teachers, there were younger teachers in high school. They would come to the clubs I was playing and they would get shit faced, right? And, like, a, a couple of the female teachers would try and hit on my singer and stuff. It was great. I would go back the next day. They would just, like, not look at me. I would get these. they just, like, you know, let's just, and, and you know, and every time they'd come, you know, we'd, we'd smoke a joint together. We'd, you know, it's like, it was awesome. You know, I couldn't, I could have shot somebody in school and they still would have passed me. You know, it was just great. Yeah, where are you playing tonight? Come on, man. <laughs> But you're right, some, standing up for yourself. Good positioning. I, I agree. Oh, it's just, yeah, the luck of the No, draw. because they, yeah, try, they, but... they try to put the fear in you, like, oh, you're going to get in trouble. And that's a, and so you're, you kind of learn that at a young age. So then you go get a crappy job and you have a dickhead boss and you're like, well, I better not talk back to him or her because I'm going to get in trouble. And as you just start living your entire life up, I don't want to get in trouble. Well, boy, Mike, that, isn't that the fucking truth? I mean, that's what they're taught. Lay low, take what you're given. And that's it. 
you know, and uh, nobody wants to hear moving. Yeah, keep it moving. We need, you know, we need blood for the machine, and you're it. And, uh, you know, Microsoft uh, needs more bodies in front of the you know, the screen, and that's <laughs> it. Just shut up and do it, man. I mean, I don't, uh, I've always I don't noticed know. that people that people that think they have any kind of authority, right? Like a boss or someone who feels like they have authority over you. If you stand your ground, often they they just choke. Like this, oh, they do. She, she didn't know what to do with it because they're still used to being docile. They're still used <laughs> to people not speaking their mind. They just tell you what to do. And a lot a lot of times, these people that are put in these usually mid level managerial type positions, they get off on that because it's the only power. They, it's an illusion of power because it's not really right. power. But they, they they feel like, okay, in this context, I can tell this person what to do, and they're going to put up with my crap because they're worried about getting fired and this and that. And exactly. Well, a lot of corporate jobs, they like you to have a wife and kids and a mortgage. They want you to have a lot of responsibilities because you're a lot easier to control because you're going to be much more reluctant to say, F you, boss. I don't care about this. You've got, you you got a lot to lose, man. What about your family? You might, you, you might want to get it together. <laughs> you know, all this like, you know what? I'm doing this because I have a family. <laughs> so I got to teach my kids, you know. I got I got I be I got to be the example to show them to have to get pushed around, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, and that's that's far and few between. You, you know, you guys are right. It's like you know, these people are just grist for the mill. You know, you get these uh Oh, uber uber smart young kids coming out of college thinking, you know, well, this is how, you know, society should work, and I'm going to get this really great job, and, you know, I'm going to drive Uber, and, you know, uh, I'm going to be able to afford this $1,000 pair of jeans and this $900 T-shirt that I saw in the magazine, and but we'll all get along, and everything will be great. And, you know, the disturbing thing for me is I see people buying into this, you know, well, social engineering projects. No, even from okay. my like, even even my people get a lot of bad advice. Even my own upbringing was always go to college and then get a job. It was never hey go start your own business, go do something crazy. Yeah, I never go got that either. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do something. Even though my grandfather was a very successful entrepreneur, he, he he grew up in Montana, didn't even have running water, and he went from that to running a very successful consulting firm in New York City. But my my father, you know, his son, he went to he he went as far as he could with education, PhD, then got a job as an economist with United Nations, and that's all fine and great. But the advice I always got from my very academic parents was go to college and then get a job. It was never you know go to college and then start your own thing, go pursue something go to you college, love and create and yeah, help create jobs. Yeah, go go pursue something jobs. you love doing and make a great income out of it. It was always like you're just going to have to do a job, which is probably not going to be something you're passionate about. But you know that's what the weekends are for <laughs> and two weeks of vacation. <laughs> I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, that sounds horrible to me. <laughs> yeah, sadly, but that was the that was terrible. That was the uh, that was the message, man. You know, uh, you know, I, when I was 16 or 17. I was making, and this is in 1976, 77, uh, so you'll take that into account, but I was the youngest music teacher at this music school, and I was playing five nights a week, so I was making about $40,000 a year as a 16-year-old kid, right? My parents still didn't recognize, they never said, hey, way to go. (laughs) You know, like they never, (laughs) like, wow, this is great, you should really... You know, you're going to be really amount to something here. You know, I remember my dad going, you know, you need to get a job. I'm making 40 grand a year. I need to get a job. <laughs> I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> you know, plus all the, all yeah, the you, jail you, I'm you getting. Go work, you need to go work for someone else for way less and be miserable. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Oh, man. yeah, you know. 
There's, there's I mean, so much bad advice out there. You know, that's where like uh, the other day I was talking to a young lady at a restaurant. She just came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, I just, you just look like a really interesting guy. I'm curious what you do for a living." And she wasn't hitting on me. She was probably a teenager. But anyway, I was, I was like, "Yeah, here's what I do." And she's like, yeah, because, you know, I want to be a tattoo artist. Or I want to do this. I was like, look, let me just give you some advice. Just whatever you're really passionate about, just immerse yourself in that. Don't worry about how you're going to make money off of it right now, especially at this age. You don't have to worry about that. I'm not saying yeah. that that shouldn't concern at some point, but as of right now, don't even worry about it. Because if you immerse yourself fully in something, there's going to be an opportunity in there somewhere. Well, don't you think, too, Mike, that if if – if you look at, just take you for example, you know, you're obviously extremely uh, well-versed and analytical about the, 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 you know, just the stuff, the, your products, you know, just that requires a passion. You do, you're not just going to go learn, that, okay, oh, I'm going to go create this combination and it'll be great and, you know, and I'll make a gazillion dollars out of it. Uh, you know, I'm sure that, the way you arrived at it is the way all three of us have arrived at where we're at. We just do this regardless. You know, that's exactly the shit, right. Half the shit I do, yeah. I don't get a paycheck for. I just do it because I, I was, love I was, it. I had no, yeah, I had no inclination. My happiness is my paycheck. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the happiness knowing that I'm doing it and I'm doing what I want to do and right it on. makes me feel good. What that's, that's my paycheck right there. Like you can't put a, a bad, you can't put a number on that. Whereas everybody else is pimping themselves out for a paycheck. They're being pimped out. They're getting royally fucked, you know, out of having a real life. They are and because it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be either or. And I know you're not implying that sincere, but it doesn't have to be either or. Is the other thing I like telling people, where somebody think if I pursue what I want to do in life, I'm not going to make any money. And I was like, I make way more money doing what I do in the fitness business than I ever did working for other people. And I had some pretty good jobs in dot com world before I got into this. So I'm not saying that everyone is going to fall into that, but. Somehow people feel that if they pursue whatever their passion is, that they're going to be broke, you know, living a, in a crappy apartment. <laughs> or they apartment. pride themselves in it like, I'm a starving artist. I'm like, well, eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, or like, they, feel like, they feel like if they're not a starving artist, that they're a sellout somehow. It's like, oh, you're successful. Exactly. You're well, well, I don't want to sell out. You know, even yeah, in the business industry, you have people that just want to go. They don't want to do any of the marketing or whatsoever. It's just like they just want to go and just do the thing. They want to go teach the workshop. I'm like, you can't teach a workshop so nobody knows about. I don't want to do like all that. the marketing, man. You know, I, I don't. We, like we could name stuff. a million instructors. Yeah, we the three of us well, between yeah. the three of us, we could name a million instructors of that are that are good instructors, but they never wanted to learn the business side. They almost felt like they're too good for it. Like I shouldn't have to do all that. It's like, well, motherfucker, just be broke for the rest of your life then, okay? Because if you don't – some of you know what you know what really bad advice is? Or like, you know what? If you're really good at it, you don't have to worry about marketing. People are just going to find out. Bullshit. They're not going to find out about anything, hey, motherfucker. That's, that's, like, that's you know, if they feel that they will come bullcrap. It, it doesn't – Yeah, exactly. I hate that advice. That's I hate Kevin, when that's anyone dreams, says man. That's, that's Kevin Costner. Guess what? <laughs> he, got, he got paid to do that, okay? So, you're going to have more clients than you know what to do with. It's like, no, you're not. I was like, if you don't learn how to market yourself and present yourself and get your message out there effectively, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a business. Now, here's yeah, the deal, man. Real- if, you're in, if you're in business, if you're in this business, you need to accept that you, whatever, either what you're you're providing is a product or you're the product. But here's the thing: it's not a bad thing when you're in control of the product. That's the thing about it. that's that's they look at it the wrong way. Like, well, I don't I don't want to be just this commodity, just this thing. Like you are because you're you're selling something, dude. So guess what? Either you're selling your services, your expertise, you're selling a product. You're you are gonna have to just face it, man. And here's the thing: as long as you're in control of that product itself, don't worry about selling out. Now, when you give it to someone else to go pimp it out for you, then yeah, you got a problem. <laughs> you know, man. But you know, that's what you yeah. choose to do. Then go be. 
then, you know, so be it. But don't bitch and complain about it when it goes another way, when you've given control to someone else. As long as you're in control of it, then don't worry about it, man. Then you know how far you've gone with it. You know if you've sold out. You know if you've compromised your integrity. Or you know that you've stayed on point the entire time. And my thing is, if you've been true the entire time and, you know, you did it with integrity, who gives a damn you know what people I mean, do if you're, you you're doing a, if you're doing a bunch of stuff you don't want to do just to make money, you know, that's selling out, right? Like everything, everything I think the three of us do here, like like Ron said, is these are things we're interested in, whether we were, were making money off of it or not. Like I got into nutrition supplements. I've always been into nutrition supplements, even when I first started training back in high school. It's always been a, an interest of mine. But I got into selling these products and designing these products from all the research I was doing, which I wasn't making a dime off of. It was just what I'm interested in. And I still do. I still spend a couple hours every night reading this kind of stuff. You and have to. So I, so I, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I th- you're not going to make a really good – I always said I'm going to make a really good supplement line where 90% goes into R&D and then 10% promotion. Because if you make really good products, you still have to promote them. But if they're you really good, people, 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 people are going to yeah. buy them. They're going to tell people. They're going to buy it again. If you spend 90% of the time on promotion, you may be able to get a lot of people to buy it once. But they're never going to buy it again, and they're going to tell everyone they know that it sucks. <laughs> you know? So you better make a lot of money off that. You better make a lot off those one-time hits because you're going to be out of business in no time. You have to basically outrun that. And, that, and that's where a real passion comes in. Like, you really have to believe in what you're doing because, you know, I, it's tantamount nowadays. It's tantamount to like opening a restaurant, you right, know, right. like I, 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 God bless anybody who's that in love with cooking, but I cannot think of a worse business model and thing to do. Two of my, my students are chefs in very successful restaurants around here. And I do a lot of body work on them. And they're not very old. They're, they're 30. And, and they're crippled. This is the worst job on the planet, being a chef and being in the restaurant business. It's, it's just fraught with expense and, you know, and alcoholism. And it's just nuts. And, you know, they've got scars on their arms and, you know, hot. I mean, these are pretty high, uh, high-level restaurants, you know, these are like real good cuisine and, and, and just this, this, the scarring on their body and, and, you know, these poor kids, they're, they're just beat down, you know, and they, they started out loving a thing and the thing ate them, you know, I, I love motorcycles. I think, I think it's about doing it effectively, right? Like I'm not an expert in the restaurant business, but I've seen people fall into the same trap in the fitness business where they become personal trainers and they have 10 clients a day, you know, six days a week and they're just grinding it out and they just burn out inevitably doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but, or, or you can take a path of branding yourself a lot better. You, you have some personal training clients. You make sure you don't overburden yourself so that you can create products. And now you have some passive income and then, yeah, that, yeah. then you write a bunch of articles in the web and magazines and that leads to workshops. And then you come out with the book and then you, you get into supplements. So I think it's, I think it's about the path you pursue and how you do it. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they try to do too much too soon. They start a business and they want it to be a multi-million success with 50 employees in the first year, right? Like we see that on Shark uh, you're, so, you're so right, Mike. Like start start right really small and build it slowly. Like I was, I'm like again, I'm not an expert on restaurants, but if someone's a great cook, you know, why not start off just being a caterer? No, no overhead whatsoever. You just make the food for parties at, in your own house, right? And then that, use that as a starting point and then build it or stay there depending on how much stress you Yeah, can I have. guess what, 
Yeah, you know what? What what I was uh, wanted to kind of just make the point of though is was that in spite of that, they're passionate about what they do. So you know, it's like if you and like you were saying, you know, if you are really inspired to do something, then what what comes with it won't matter to you. You know, if you have a lean year or a couple of lean years, let's face it. You know, all of us, especially the three of us. There's months where you go, huh, <laughs> well, we're going to figure this one out. And then months where you can't stop it from coming in, you know? And, uh, it's, it's like the only, the only possible explanation for why we do what we do is we can't not do it. You know, these kids can't not cook. That's how they create. I can't not do what I do any more than I think you guys could probably stop doing it. You know, it's like, that's just what we do, man. And, uh, there's no perfect job. There's no perfect scenario, you know, but we all three of us wake up. We're in charge of our own shit. Okay? Well, I mean, I think, I think you have to do what you want to do and then you have to create the infrastructure where you enjoy doing it. So you have to realize what kind of person you are. Like me, I don't want to have to wake up early and work all day every day. I'm well, right. I did that for the first several years of my business because that's what it needs to be done. At this stage in my career, though, I have a lot of free time because of, everything I've done previously and the brand I've set up for myself. And I like being someone with a lot of free time. Yeah. So I well, think you have, you have to kind of figure out what, well, yeah, exactly. You have to have vision for it. But like you were saying, Mike, you still spend hours studying. And so, you know, free time, like people hear that and I think they miss it. I don't look at that as work though, where I'm saying, okay, I, I got to allocate oh, this amount of time. This, you know, it's just something that yeah. I do now. I get on the web, and I'm like, okay, let me read about this for the next four hours. No, and that's that's where I kind of want to make a point because it's really important of of just the amount of time I'm sure all three of us spend on our our passion for what we do. And people think, you know, free time. They think, oh, going to movies, and you know what I mean. Like you're, you're, no, you're right. Like, that, you that know, outside, outside perspective is like, oh man, that looks like a lot of work. Yeah, but it's work you want to do. It's it's of actually course. something yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's not it's not they they equate it with their experience where their boss puts a bunch of files in their desk and says, Okay, I need you to go through all of this and they're like, Oh right. Right. let me get my coffee and go through it. They're like, Oh man, you guys do that. You guys are basically doing the equivalent of that. It's like, no, no one's putting no. these files on my desk and telling me to go through it, you know. This is no, we're looking for them. You know, we're out there <laughs> looking for them and that's the fun part, you know, and that's what they don't yeah. get. And that's what they're not teaching people. It's like there's the process is, is the thing, you know? And if you, if you educate yourself, like you're saying, which is a really like, that's a major point that you never hear, which is, yeah. Okay. You want to do this thing. Let's say you want to be a trainer. Great. Okay. So you have to look at it reasonably. First, you got to compete in the, in the workforce. Good luck. Secondly, you got to promote who you are, and you better be something special. And thirdly, how are you going to manage all that? You know, nobody thinks that way. It's it's all. Well, I think, I think the all, most important. I think the most salient point is you can't be afraid to be yourself too. That's what's going to distinguish you from others. If you just try to be correct. a carbon copy of what, what's already out there, then you're just going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Sincere, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm right here, man. I'm right here. I'm oh, just, good, man. I'm just trying to make sure all our mics are not conflicting. That's the only thing about, like, not being in the studio or whatever. Like, sometimes we'll end up, like, kind of over-talking each other. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, if I've done that, I apologize. Sincere's looking up scopolamine right now. It's like, hmm, I could use this. That's one way to help my business model. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to fill up a workshop. <laughs> yeah, right? I think Tony Robbins uses it at his events because he, he gets – I remember I was at one <laughs> of his events. Yeah, yeah, I think they probably do because I remember I was at one of his events and he was he was he was selling another course at that event, which is funny in and of itself. People are paying a lot of money to be at this course and you're getting pitched on the next course. Which is also and the next course is like three times as much, and the next one is three times as much as the one you're already currently you know involved. Kind of, in. kind of like so the equivalent. It's, it's, it's the equivalent. It's, it's the equivalent of what John used to do with his books, right? Like the last ten pages would be all ad copy for other products he yeah. had. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was always he always got a lot of like for that but anyway so Tony is, Tony's like I know you guys spend 1500 bucks to come to this course but you should spend 10 grand to come to my course in Hawaii mastery training one. for a week exactly and he literally he literally ordered people to go to the back of the room whip out their credit cards and pay for the course and he had over 100 people in line it was just amazing. And they were run. They'll run to the back. They'll <laughs> yeah. run to the back. Yeah. They're like, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to the next one. Like, dude, you're running to give away 10 grand. Man, I even heard people grand. say, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to pay it off, but I'm, I'm sure going to pay for this. It. That was the best yeah, thing. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but I don't want to miss it. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, there, yeah, but, <laughs> this was a setup you know, for the whole housing industry right there. It started with Tony Robbins. He made it okay to to spend that kind of money on spend the kind of money you don't have on something and say I don't know how I'm going to pay for it but I got to have it and then so like they just opened the door to the whole housing bubble cuz that was pretty well, a lot the same of people thing, right? feel a lot of people feel that you know what I'm not happy I'm not happy in my relationship I'm not happy at my job so you know what fuck it I'm going to go buy a big screen TV because I deserve it I'm going to go get 10 <laughs> drinks at the bar because I deserve it you know you you start having these unhealthy overcompensating spending behaviors when the real solution is to look at why you're not happy in your life and address right. that. Well, it's that's a different drug. It's a different type of drug, another coping mechanism. Yeah. There's no different than alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever else. It's just like, instead of dealing with my life, I'm just going to go get drunk on Friday night and you know, at the bar and just and spend more money I don't have on all this alcohol. Well, <laughs> so you, can yeah. you can justify well, it. Well, a, a lot of guys get drunk, and I was just thinking about this the other day, but a lot of guys get drunk because they are so emotionally inept that they will not express any emotion unless they're drunk. Liquid now courage is what we call it. Yeah, exactly. It's called well, liquid now, courage. Now they cry and tell their friends how much they love them. And all, you know, I love you, now man. They, I'm like, hey, man. They have, they have an out the next talking, day. Like, oh, man. If, if, they made, if they get made fun of the next day, they can always say, oh, well, you know, I had one too many cores life. Right. Oh, it's, yes. It's man, you were hugging me door, outside man. to my much you love me and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, okay. I listened to Mike's show and Sincere's show, and that was the hops talking, man. That was the estrogen kicking in from the beer. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I was just, I was all jacked up on aggressive strength. I don't know what I was doing. I, <laughs> I was eating those pills left and right. I don't know. I woke up naked. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, if, every, if every woman you see starts looking good, then you know you've hit the activation dose for it. <laughs> Dude, I'm there. Like, you're, you're, toggling, 
goggles in a bottle. You think beer goggles are bad? <laughs> Wait till week four. <laughs> no, you're right. You know, I, I wonder about that too. You know, I've always, I've always, I've always thought that 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 the, the old saying, "Misery loves company." You know, my big thing is about how much people will spend at happy hour after work. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, a bad plate of wings. You know, nine dollar cocktails, and then they all just sit there and tell each other how horrible shit is. And and you know what and that's they do it? That's, that's the unhappy hours, what they should call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, are you people I mean, really happy? <laughs> fuck no, no misery loves. You know, but you, you know who's happy? Make the, you know who's happy? The owner of the bar, the bar, the bar and the restaurant—they're <laughs> exactly. the ones that are happy because they're making a fuck shitload yeah. of money during that time, and they're, they're the only ones that are happy. Everybody else is like, ah, oh, or they're just so drunk they think they're happy. Then they sober like, I don't even like these people. Why am I sitting well, yeah, here like alcohol. hanging out? <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of money is made off not empowering people. Right, like the pharmaceutical industry is about disempowering people. It's just people getting wasted. It's about disempowering them. It's not about empowering them whatsoever. It's basically a cop out. It's basically saying, "Look, we know your life sucks. That's why we're here. So come on in and just drink your troubles away." Oh, you're depressed. You know what? We, you don't need to figure out why. Just take this drug. You'll feel better immediately. Well, there you go. Welcome to America. <laughs> here's your, you know, here's your credit card. Stand over to the left. We'll get to you in a minute. Run right to mean, the back. <laughs> You know, this is like that's what, you know, one of Sarah's points earlier. It's like, no, I, I, I want to do this. And then someone always inevitably says, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. It's like, well, who the fuck asked you? <laughs> you know, yeah. no one asked you whether you wanted to or not. So, yeah, the goal of deadlifting 600 pounds. Like, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of work. I wouldn't want to do it. Well, then yeah, don't do it. It is. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't well, it is a lot of work. That's the I wasn't hoping that you said you were going to say you'd like to do it, too, so that that rationalizes why I'm doing it. <laughs> right, right. But that's what they're used to, though, Mike. That's That's their world, you know. And that's right. what those people live in, you know. It's yeah, like you know, they, they don't, that, yeah, they, they got to make sure everybody else is doing it. So therefore, you know, they don't have to worry about standing out and failing on their own, you know, because you fall on your face. It's like, oh, everyone falls, you fell on your face, but the group falls on your face. No one really realizes. Nobody even thinks about who fell first. The whole, well, the whole group fell because we went down as a team, you know. So yeah, you know, yeah. You that's why, that's when why the it's so important. The sheep, nobody ever asked what was the first sheep that got killed by the wolf. It's like if it's a whole <laughs> herd of sheep, it's just like it's just a, it's a slaughter. That's all you know. This, they got slaughtered yeah. by a wolf. Nobody asked which one was the first sheep to die. Who cares? The sheep got slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's so much. Yeah, Danny the more. sheep is no longer with us. Not Danny, Danny went down first, man. We remember Danny. First time out for Danny, man. <laughs> we told him not to. We all stood up here and said, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's why it's so it's so important to have other success driven people in your life because otherwise people in your life are the equivalent of that drug that we're talking about. It's not as powerful as that, but it's it's your ba- it's basically learned behaviors going, Well, all my friends are fat, so I guess it's okay for me to be fat too. It's like all oh, my oh, friends God, are I see that a lot. Or or or, or, or you become so fat, you don't even realize you hang around these folks so much and next thing you know, like, man, where does gut come from? Um, all those buffets <laughs> hanging out with your friends because you know every time you want to, get, you guys want to go out and hang out. Hey, let's go have dinner. Let's go have dinner. Like there are other places you can hang out, but you want to well, hang you know, out. You, you, want to... you become your environment. I mean, no matter how, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's like uh, uh, you can't but help. Even if you're a strong-willed individual, if you're surrounded by a super sea of stupidity, uh, some is going to get on you. And it's like that experiment they did in the '60s where they. <laughs> They, uh, uh, a normal child was put in with uh, retarded children for a while. And the normal char- child started taking on attributes 
of retardation, even though he wasn't retarded. It just, it's almost osmotic in its effect, you know. So, uh, you know, you, 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 Mike nailed it right on the head. You know, you want to be successful, you want to be happy, put those people around you. You know, if you're spending time with people going, I don't think that's going to work, fuck them. You know, because and then and then, you, and then you have to look at what are what are you adding to those other people's lives? You know, they're they're yeah, motivating right. you, but what are you doing that's motivating them? Are you that person where they're like, man, that guy's a pain in the ass? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people are like, oh, I want to be around people that are. I want all my friends to be more successful than me. It's like, okay, that's fine and good, but why are they hanging out with you? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, yeah. What are you bringing? Like, in? Maybe what, it's what, what are you bringing? Yeah. What are you bringing? What are you offering? I mean, the simple yeah. rule, man. Is, the simple rule. Look at like, look, man. Are you leaving whatever you came upon or whoever you encountered? Are you leaving them better or worse than when you first met them? That's my thing, man. Right. So it's like, right. if you meet up that day, did did they leave with a better experience than when you first got there, or did it end up getting worse? And if it got worse, then, you know, especially if it's been worse more than once, <clears throat> you need to remove yourself from the equation completely. You know, it's not, it's not worth Correct. it. You're, you're beating on a dead horse. Just, just go on. You know, and like I said, man, try to leave, try to leave things better than, you know, than you found it. Even whether it's friends, even with your clients, you know, leave them with some type of success when you're training them. You know, they're Always. putting in all the work, man. Leave them with all these little small battles that they continue to win. You know, and then that's, that's what's getting them to their goals, man. That's what keeps them motivated to keep going. Uh, you know, so it's just leave them with man. something, man. That's yeah. a good, that's a good rule just for yourself when you're working out. Yeah. Leave every workout success rather than going in and just missing <laughs> lifts and up. beating up. Yeah, exactly. Leaving demoralized. Right. <laughs> yeah. Weeping uncontrollably in the corner. <laughs> waking up naked. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god. Hey, listen, I'm gonna have to cut out here pretty quick. Uh actually oh, no heading back to work. Anyway. But uh cool. please invite me again. This was just a real yeah, privilege. I, I really appreciate it and uh um, just super fun, uh, uh, yeah, you know, many things to talk about. Um, I, I would still, I'm still going to email you, uh, so I can, uh, help you and your dad get connected up there. Um, yeah, be great. A, a few ideas and chat and, uh, yeah, please let's, let's stay in touch and, uh, sincere YouTube brother. I, uh, you know, have me back on. I, anytime you, yeah. you know, you got a guest that can't show up, I'll, I'll do it. So hit me up. Cool, man. Yeah, man. That's great. Where can people Love find out more about on. you online, Ron? What's that, bro? I said, where can people find more uh, more information about you online? Oh, you know, my, my I got two sites, my Ron Morris Fitness site, and then my new site, which is Ron Morris The Balance. And that's where I'm putting up kind of these little snippets of my documentary and my writing and, and photography and stuff. So um, both sites are really good, really interactive, lots of videos on the blog sites. Uh, uh, the fitness site has got the uh, most information on it about Parkinson's and uh, obesity and uh, things I'm kind of, projects I'm involved in. And uh, uh, so those would be how you can get a hold of me. And uh, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, a, you have a lot of good clips on YouTube as well. You have a lot of really good instructive clips on YouTube. People Thank can find you, those on yeah. On your I blog. keep them short and simple, you know, um, uh, stuff actually I learned from you, my friend, uh, just simple, 
and and basic and direct. You know, uh, that's the biggest thing, isn't it, Mike? You know, just direct with the information. You know, um, so I really try and adhere to that. You know, clean, clear, direct, and then figure out where it fits in your life. You know, I don't want to be the guy who tells you, you know, how it should fit, you know, uh, any more than you want somebody to come up and say, what are you deadlifting for? Shut up. <laughs> you know, here's what you think, you know? <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, I don't look like a very approachable person, so that doesn't come off very well. I'll let people keep that fantasy going. It's like, man, that guy looks mean. So you know what? I'm not, but I want you to think that so you don't bother me. So go ahead. Dude, and keep, I'll, keep give you a, I'll give you a great wrestling story. This is for sincere. Uh, you know, you got heels and baby faces in wrestling, right? Right. And, yeah. uh, so this is back in the 80s when I'm at Brad Ringman's camp, you know, and I had gone through wrestling camp, and I was the only one who finished. Started with 14 guys. I was the only fucking one who finished after three months. And he go, okay, we've we got to practice doing interviews and stuff. He goes, got to kind of think about your persona. And I go, well, I, I, was, I thought of myself as being like, you know, like a baby face. And he actually mm-hmm. grabbed me by the shoulder, walked over to a mirror and said, Look in that mirror. <laughs> you're a heel. You're a heel. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you're a heel, man. You're not a baby face. And I was like, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, guys, I got to go. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Man. And uh, I'm going to turn everybody onto the podcast. And, Mike, I'm going to hit you up. And, Sincere, uh, I'm going to hit you up, too. And uh, let's let's all stay in touch. Sounds good, Ron. Good, man. Look forward to having you on again soon. You have a great one. Oh, please do. Thank you, guys. Adios. Take care, man. Bye-bye. All right. Ron Morris. Haven't talked to him in a long time. I think his website is Ron Morris Training System. Let me look it up. No, no, Ron Morris. Yeah, Ron Morris. Yeah, Ron Morris Fitness.com. Yeah, he actually has a really good website, a really interesting blog. I'm going to check out his – I looked at it briefly, the information he has on Parkinson's. Oh, Parkinson's, yeah. You know, that's definitely something that, you know, that's – that's that's something that's not too far fetched in my DNA pool. So it's always interesting with that and dementia and you know all those different things. You know, it's always good to hear that, especially when there are also other alternatives that can enhance yeah. the current treatment as well. Anything as natural as possible that can help out. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, those things they spark my interest. You know, absolutely. <clears throat> you know what's you know what's interesting about Parkinson's though is that. It, there's no test to determine it, right? It's not like a blood test or something like that. So it's right. based on reported symptoms. And often those reported symptoms are the exact same as someone who has high high levels of heavy metals in the body. Exactly. So a lot of times yeah. you just have a, to- you have a toxic burden and you don't even have Parkinson's. You just have a toxic burden, but you have symptoms as a result of that toxic burden that are very similar. So it's important and that some de- And have- some deficiencies. And some deficiencies right. as well, right. just like, you know, whether it's B12, zinc, magnesium deficiency, you know, some of those things still fall in the same line as Parkinson's at the same time. So, but you you go to a doctor, he's like, oh, I think you have Parkinson's. Like, oh, come on, dude. He, that, that was, that's the only choice? Yeah. You got all the symptoms, you know. so well, that's, that's the first mistake there. You went to a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and which most people do. You want to go to someone like <laughs> yeah. Dr. Mark Gordon or Dr. Julio Garcia, you did Dr. Thomas Inkledon. You, know, you want to go to someone like that, Dr. Nick Delgado. You know, we've had so many people on the show that are real experts yeah. on, on fitness. Those are the kind of people you want to go to, people that are actually embodiments of health themselves so that you, they exude exactly. a certain level of confidence. Exactly. So, that's one thing that's so good about our show, I mean, is that people who listen to our show should be just 
keeping a database of all these guests that we have because you never know exactly man it's useful exactly i mean because look man i I just i just first of all like you know thanks for having him on our show and i was aware of dr delgado but you know i took advantage of a lot of those black friday specials that he had over the past weekend you know and loaded up on some some of his supplements you know because you know reading like just what you know different testimonies and things like that and just talking to him you know bit the bullet and, and bought quite a few of them you know, and then as Dr. Garth Davis, you know, my wife is, you know, now one of his patients, one of his clients, you know, that happened after the show, you know, because, you know, here's a guy that, you know, knows that that's dealt with someone who's had the surgery and also that has the certain autoimmune deficiencies and problems that she's had or whatever. So instead of just going to a general practitioner, because anytime she would go to a regular doctor, some of the stuff I'm like, nah, we've had doctors on our show. And I'm thinking that dude that you're talking to, he's not. That's above his pay grade. He's not he's he's not an expert in that, and he's giving me some very general advice. So here's some people that can help you specifically. You know, here's Doctor Davis, who is right around the corner from my house, or you can go to Doctor Delgado. You either do it online, you know, get a test, send it to him, and then work with him online, or make that trip out to California and go see him in person. You know, it's just it's too many better options now, thanks to this show. You know, this yeah. so many resources, man, and the wealth of resources that have been on this show, and it's not only. I not only just benefited our listeners, but hell, it's benefited us as well. So, man, you know. I mean, after after and, Dr. Julio, and, after Dr. Julio Garcia was on, Bob Guerin decided to get Botox for his balls, and now his quality of life is <laughs> supposedly a lot better. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh boy! <laughs> ah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. So you know, you know, another way you can make your quality of life a lot better is use that coupon code LLA. You like that, huh? I, that's something I learned from other podcasts. What you do? <laughs> so yeah, man, use that that coupon code LLA, man, and get ten percent off of everything you find over at NewWarriorTraining dot com. Where there's oh, you know, I've had some requests for hard copies of the wellness code. Yes, I do have hard copies of that. You know, there's still some people that are old school and like to hold a book in their hand. And I get that. I'm the same way. You know, sometimes you get tired of staring at that screen all the time and reading, man, from like Kindle and all that. So I understand. So yeah, I still have hard copies of that. So just send me a message on my website if you you know want a hard copy. I don't necessarily have that on the website itself available for the hard copies but you can you know if you if you want one send me a request and then i'll i'll get you set up with that otherwise there's a digital version and also the digital version of the dvd is the only thing that's available now with that and like i said use that coupon code lla as far as the chorio doors right now just waiting on a new shipment of bolsitas to come in because the new chorio doors the new and improved american-made chorio doors which the quality is like impeccable man you know, with those, right. these are being like handcrafted from a, a, a friend of mine who like when it comes to like creating things, especially any type of cabinetry, wood, anything like that. This this dude is a genius. And these Sharia doors, man, are like the, they, they're like they're the bomb. But the only thing is, unlike the other ones, didn't come with the Bocitas. So like, I'm waiting on shipment of those because those Bocitas I still have to get from Costa Rica and Costa Ricans move at a snail's pace on a good day. So waiting on that. So right now those are not available. They will be available. So if you want to be on the list to know when those are available, send me a send me a request and I'll make sure that you guys get first dibs on that. But other than that, man, um, you know what about your site, Mike? Yeah, everything's everything is locked and loaded right now. Nothing is on back order. So now is a great time to go stock up. If you're on my newsletter list, you realize actually you know what? By the time this episode comes out, all those Black Friday Cyber Monday sales will be over. So that's just something else you can have to add to your. List missed opportunities list. There's always next year. <laughs> but anyway, you can use that coupon code. 
<laughs> Use that coupon code LLA, go get 10% off. And I want to emphasize a point. If you buy multiple bottles of a product or bundles, it's inherently discounted. And then the 10% off coupon is on top of that. So, for example, if you buy five bottles of Restorezyme, the price goes from $49.95 to about $36 per bottle. And then you get 10% off on top of that and free shipping if you're in the U.S. So keep that in mind. When you Try one of my products and you like it. When you're a repeat customer, load up on it. Get it in discount and then use that coupon code and get an even bigger discount. So go to MikeMahler.com or AggressiveStrength.com. Use that coupon code. Load up on some great stuff. Make sure you're primed and ready to go in 2017. And also, head over to Patreon.com and become a subscriber of Patreon, a supporter, and get privy to premium episodes. So we're getting ready to roll out quite a few episodes to to make up for November, you know, due to the holidays and the move and all that. So, but again, these are going to be episodes where it is just available just for our premium subscribers over on patreon.com slash LLA podcast and all the levels. Now I, I figured it out. No, thanks to Patreon figured out how to not, not worry about that whole little dollar in the box thing or whatever else and <laughs> set up all the levels. So that's, that was such a pain in the ass, man. And then especially when people are like, Oh, a dollar. Okay, cool. Come on, man. That's pretty much a free episode you just got right there. So <laughs> got those. <laughs> so what was the difference? So especially by the time you know Patreon takes their money out, like okay, now pretty much we made like a whole ten cents off that episode. So that's, anyway, that's only useful you know, if every single person who's ever listened exactly. to the show. That. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Those. Exactly. <laughs> so otherwise, you know, all the levels are over there and uh, all the other folks who have been doing it long before the levels were set up, you know, you guys are still going to benefit from those rewards that we're setting up over there. So, you know, even, the, you know, the more you, that you support on a monthly basis, the bigger the reward. So that little discount code that you get over here on the free version, you know, there's even a better one when you become a Patreon subscriber and come in at a at the top level. So all that's over there, patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Last but not least, share the show, write a review, do all that over at Stitcher and iTunes, and share it on social media. There you go, folks. Yeah, the, honestly, the, right, lack of reviews, the lack of reviews irritates me to no end, right? Because we have thousands <laughs> of listeners every single episode, and then I look at iTunes, and it, it's not it's basically been at 204 for three months. Come on. You've been listening. You've been listening to every episode since we started. You know, thousands of people have. Go over to iTunes, leave a review. You don't have to write a thesis over there. Just say "great show." I listen every week. <laughs> you know, go to Stitcher. You know, treat it, treat it like there. a text. You know, it's just like you know, awesome. And then you know, hit those, <laughs> hit those five stars or whatever. You know, that's okay. So <laughs> just treat it like a text. So um, and it's crazy because a lot even, of times, even if you've already left a review, you can go back and leave another review too. So you can say, "Man, that episode with Ron was incredible. I love that episode with Dr. Julio Garcia. You know, Project Child Save. I'm a huge supporter now." So you can leave multiple reviews. Exactly. So, yeah, folks. So there you go. Plenty of ways to support the show and the show, the show that supports you. All right. That's all I got to say for this week. What about you? Me man? too. Good? Take care, everyone. I'm good. All right. All right, folks. Catch you next time.